Good morning and welcome to episode 38 of the Beating Around the Bush podcast entitled It's Rebel Week. The Beating Around the Bush podcast is an extension of my column that appears weekly in the Carroll Newsletter and is simply an extension of that column and it's my opinions, my observations, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. This week, we're going to talk about McKenzie and talk about uh, the Jamboree a little bit this past week, as this is a week that people across the creek, it doesn't matter which side of the creek you're on, uh, they circle the calendar. This game appears at the top spot of our schedule this year, as it did last year, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit about the reclassification thing that's coming up, because it's going to affect us quite a bit and you can read what I had to say about that in this week's a newsletter but this week McKenzie comes to town uh first of all let me say this <clears throat> McKenzie is a very very good football team uh McKenzie last year if you'll remember correctly went 14 and 1 their only loss coming in the state championship game to South Pittsburgh Second time the Rebels have made it to a state championship game, and both of those losses, and their two silver balls that they have in their trophy case, uh, those losses have come at the hands of the South Pittsburgh Pirates. So if you ask me today who's the favorite to get back to Class 1A state championship game, it'll be the McKenzie Rebels. They would be my pick to get back there, not only to get back there, this may be the year that they completely knock down the door instead of just knocking one hinge off and win a state championship because they are that good. And they're that good because they've got a lot of people coming back off that football team that they had last year. I'm not the Rebel expert, but I'm going to try my best to name some of the names that you'll hear about a lot uh, this year. And one of them will appear at quarterback, and his name will be Jackson Cassidy. Jackson Cassidy made All-State last year at quarterback. Uh, he's a tall kid. He's up around 6'3" somewhere in that neighborhood, and a real good baseball player. And those he helped lead that McKenzie Rebel baseball team this past spring to the state championship game. So they've had a great year in sports over McKenzie. Girls basketball team winning a championship in Class 1A. So a lot of good things happening over that way. And they'll come into Huntington this Friday night with Jackson Cassidy leading the way at quarterback, Marquez Taylor will be at tailback. Marquez, uh, last year, I don't, don't have my notes in front of me from that game last year, but he had around 200 yards probably rushing. It was hard to tackle for the Mustangs. He brings a lot of speed, being recruited by several, several D1 schools, and one of those uh, included in that is the University of Tennessee. So, uh, you know, he's, by running back standards, you know, he's about like the size you expect of a speedster. You know, he's around six foot, 5'11", somewhere in that neighborhood, 180 pounds, but he can fly. He can fly. And uh, the McQuarrie kid is coming back at fullback, and he's also an all-state linebacker. I know they have to do some patchwork on their offensive line. You know, so that's going to be, you know, but that, that happens a lot at uh, public schools. You know, Hayden's having to do the same thing this year with only really 
essentially one returning uh, lineman back from that team last year. So uh, that's just part of it, but they've got the offensive weapons. And I've been told, and people have told me this, and I don't know how much truth there is to it because the average fan doesn't look at the game the way the coaches do, and it's early. Uh, they All these observations that uh, were relayed to me have been uh, eyewitness accounts by just fans during the uh, first couple of scrimmages and whatever jamboree has been played so far. But I, I do understand and have been told that McKenzie might struggle a little bit on defense. But they'll make up for that, if they are, uh, with their offense. So you don't want to get in a shootout with them anyway because they're going to beat you if you uh, if you try to score more points than they do uh, by running up down the field because they, they can score some points and they'll score some points. Last year, uh, we went over to McKenzie and actually scored the first time we touched football and made a game of it for a while. And McKenzie eventually pulled away uh, with a 46-28 victory. And, you know, the Mustangs actually played pretty well for a long time, but that's just how good. And I think they had a good football team last year, 9-3, and three, uh, their record. And uh, those three losses, as we mentioned last week, came to quality teams. One at won a state championship, one at finished runner-up. And then Moz, uh, of course, losing that game in the second-round playoffs, 8-7, to seven, who they went on to get beat by Westview in the quarterfinals. And uh, so that's not a that's not bad losses. So Hayden had a good football team last year, uh, but McKenzie was just better. And on paper, the game hadn't been played yet, but on paper, they but they're better this year. And we'll find out how good they are come this Friday night. Now I know there've been some changes as far as just for your information. If you do listen to this podcast before Friday's game, uh, you can save a couple of bucks for your order ticket online. You can get season pass online. Uh, it would it would save you some money. Of course, this guy I'm I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna pay to get in anyway. So I mean, but I'm trying to help you out. You understand that, don't you? Because that's the kind of guy I am. But you know, you might want to do that because it's probably gonna be a full house. It's gonna be a lot of people there because it could be, and uh, I think it will be. I think it'll be an entertaining football game. Uh, if you go back to looking at this past week's. Uh, Jamboree over at Lexington, Lexington that Huntington participated in. Uh, you know, uh, the Mustangs against McNary, who I think McNary's 3A. Uh, it's possible they could be 4A. I, I don't keep up with that, uh, those teams down in that direction because it, it don't, I don't, there's no reason to because, you know, we don't play them. Uh, we haven't played McNary in a long time except for whatever Jamborees we've been involved in. So, uh, there's not. I keep up with what's going on around here. So they're either 3A or they're 4A, but the point is they're a bigger school. Well, the JV kids come out there and uh, made a couple of mistakes on offense, but that's fine. But they also forced three turnovers of their own. Uh, they only had one sustained drive that they scored on, and then Tyreek Hutch intercepted a pass and returned it for a touchdown. But they had two running backs. Uh, Brooks Bennett, who was a uh, star last year on that eighth grade team, and then Wesley Williams. Uh, both of those kids look fantastic in the JV portion. Uh, Mustangs won that 14-0 over McNary, and I, 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 was, I was real impressed with the JV bunch. And then, of course, 
Uh, Lexington JV, Adamsville JV played the second quarter, and then Huntington McNary Varsity has played the third quarter. And as good as the JV looked, the Varsity looked even better. Those Mustangs, first play. When they got the football, they won the coin toss, so they got the uh, football first. No kickoffs in jamborees, and they do that to uh, protect the players from getting hurt. It's a safety thing. Uh, they punt, but there's no rush on the punts, and you can or not return the punt, uh, all that stuff, because this time of the year they don't get a kid hurt in a meaningless uh, jamboree, because that's what it is. It's just a glorified scrimmage. It's where you dress up in your nicest uh, clothes and go out on the town. But it's not a real date. It's not a real it's not a real thing. And don't start till this Friday night against McKenzie. But uh, first play, uh, Landon Skippy Gordon. That goes 61 yards on that uh, counter that they like to run where Flo goes one way and then Skippy goes back the other way from that wing back position. And uh, wow, boom, scam, gone. Touchdown. Oh, no, not touchdown. He got tackled at the nine-yard line. I'm sorry. Uh, but the Mustangs converted, put the ball in the end zone, and Cole Chafin, who's doing the extra point kicking right now, made it 7 to nothing. Well, then the Mustangs scored again. On uh, Later, they scored on a uh, Mule-Levitt run, and they also scored on a Brady-Warbitten run, and Chafin – Perfect for the night for extra points. Hayden wins the scrimmage 21-0. to zero. Now, Skippy, Skippy Gordon, just in, and they formatted the uh, JV different than they did the high school part. JV was one 20-minute quarter running clock. The varsity was a 12-minute quarter. Stoppage of the clock, regular game situation. Then they, rent, they did another 12-minute quarter with a running clock. So, you you know, you got you got enough in, trust me. You got enough practice in, and, and, and in that time, uh, Skippy Gordon, as I was just about to mention, had over 100 yards rushing. That's, that's pretty good for that short of time. And, you know, you equate that out to a, a regular game, which would be 48 minutes on the high school level. He put, probably had over 200 yards at that. Uh, at that pace. But Mustangs look good. Uh, Greg Eubanks, I keep saying it. Uh, he, he's he's going to be a star at that quarterback position. You know, you, you, you wished he was a little taller, but he sure makes up for it in grit. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Hunter Inslee as far he, – he may be a little thicker and a little, you know – a little stronger running through tackles than Hunter was. Hunter had a lot of speed, and Gray's got enough speed, but I don't think he's as fast as Hunter used to be. And Hunter, of course, is a little taller. Hunter at six foot, six foot one, and Gray's probably five nine, five ten. Uh, but Mustangs would be in trouble if he wasn't at quarterback. That's how good he is. And he made some plays the other night, and one of them got called back uh, because of a block in the back, but he went one way and had to reverse his field and shook several tackles off and eventually almost scored he, or he got tackled and this play started like at the 30 yard line at the, uh, McNary's 30. So he probably ran 60 
to get that 30 and they had ended up he got to the one yard line they marked it short of the goal line i think he thought he got in but it didn't matter because uh there was a block in the back on the play and the play came back mustang scored anyway despite that but that's how good gray eubanks is skippy gordon <coughs> and Mill levitt in that backfield uh both of them ran the ball well did a great job running football uh do not know and uh, been slipping here a little bit lately all right well i was gone all weekend that that's another story for another time <coughs> but uh ashton hutchison uh, didn't play in a game didn't suit up don't know what his problem was i don't know if he got injured in practice if it's a temporary thing uh, or what but i mean he's 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 another kid that's going to really contribute uh, in that backfield uh, Brady Warbritton came in there and played a lot the other night. Looked good running the football. The Mustangs are great. Are, they're, they're in good position at running back. So, and, you know, the, the line blocks, and it looks like they did the other night. You know, they're going to be in pretty good shape. I think they'll score some points against McKenzie. I really, I really believe they will. Uh, one of their biggest problems may be when Cassidy decides to throw the football. That Mustang secondary still, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they play against Cassidy. And if they can keep Cassidy from completing some passes, you never know. But, you know, I, and I on this podcast, I've always done this, and I'm going to continue to do that, is try to be totally honest with people that are listening. Because I'm not going to lie to you. <coughs> you know, excuse me, I've been battling a little bit of a cold, but. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you and say Huntington's going to win that football game Friday night. But I'm not going to be a pessimist and say they're going to lose either. Uh, but I honestly believe this. You know, and, I, and I, I, I've done this on past uh, podcasts, and I, I talked about it last week of games on my schedule that I circle uh, toss-ups or games that are losses. Well, I've only got one game on my schedule this year that if I was to circle it, if I were trying to predict how the season was going to come out, this would be one game this Friday night that I would circle as a loss. I'm not going to lie to you. McKenzie's a better football team. People from Hayden don't like to hear that. But McKenzie, let me say this again so you can hear real good. McKenzie's a better football team. Does that mean we cannot win the game? No, that's not what it means, because we could win the game, because this high school football is 15, 16, 17-year-old kids uh, out there entertaining us, and anything can happen. You know, we saw that last year as the Mustangs played against Trenton after Trenton won 44 games in a row and had won the last three state championships in their classification, came to Hayden, and they were a better football team. But guess what happened when they left? Huntington had pinned a loss on for the first time in 44 games. Now, they're going to be a little revenge. Uh, that'll be a motive and a factor when we go to Trenton this year to play. But we're not going to worry about that right now because the thing we need to worry about is McKenzie. Because when you look at the overall record, so you Huntington fans can hang on to this, you know, make you feel a little better if we do lose Friday night. These two teams have played 92 times in the past. 92 times. We've played McKenzie more than any team on our schedule. Uh, Camden and Brewston are the next two. Camden being second. And Brewston 
a long way from falling past third, but, you know, we hadn't played Brewston in two years. I mean, it'd be two more years more than likely before we play them again, if we play them again. Because the new reclassification thing may change things. But anyway, out of the 92 times that Huntington and McKenzie have played, and you Huntington fans, you can you can chant this when you leave the stadium Friday night if you want to. Huntington has won 67 of those 92 contests. That's pretty good. They've only lost 24 times, and there's been one tie in those 94 uh, games. So, or 92 games, I'm sorry. But what does that mean? That means absolutely nothing. I know it does to some people, it does to fans, but it means absolutely nothing because uh, sometimes we live too much in the past. Sometimes we try, the past, we think, will allow us the opportunity to win this year. It doesn't. Because none of those kids, for example, when I was playing, are playing anymore. Because they're all in their 60s. And uh, they're out of school. Uh, those teams that uh, beat McKenzie 30 times in or 27 times in 30 years, and there was a streak that uh, was like that, none of those people are playing anymore. The people that are playing are right now, that's all that matters. So past history doesn't mean anything. You can just throw it out the window. It just gives you something to talk about. It gives you a little bragging rights. Because I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a tall task to beat McKenzie Friday night. Of course, there's that old <coughs> that old thought that, hey, it's the first game of the season. You might catch them when they're not playing so well or before they figured everything out. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. They've already got everything figured out. Because all the kids that played last year for McKenzie that took them to a state championship game are still playing. So, you know, they're just getting conditioning in right now. So we'll see how their conditioning is Friday night. And the weather's going to be cooler, I understand. And uh, Hayden, well, there's going to be, there's going to be that, uh, for last year and this year really is the first time in my memory that McKenzie's going to go in this game probably in a sense, if you want to use this term, more confident than the Mustangs will be about winning it because McKenzie knows how good they are. And again, I'm, you know, I'm sounding like the voice of doom here, but I'm not really because it's going to be, it's going to be a tall task. Again, I'm going to say this one more time, then I'm going to move on. Can Huntington win this game? Yes. Will they? Yeah, I won't know until Friday night. Uh, call me about 9.30, and I'll tell you who won. Maybe by then I'll know. I I think I will. I think a game will go, don't, won't go past 9.30, but you never know nowadays. But give me a call. I'll tell you who won if you don't. But that's, that's when I'll know. That's what I'm getting at. Okay, switching gears just a little bit. Because this past Thursday night, the Huntington Middle School Mustangs opened their season at home against the Lexington Minutemen, Lexington Lexington Middle School. You know, they used to call it Kwood, and I think somewhere along the line it's changed, and it you know makes sense to me if you want to think about it that way. 
that uh, it's now Lexington, Lexington Middle School. Of course, uh, there's two or three other middle schools in Henderson County, and they still all go to Lexington. So, <clears throat> but anyway, that's where they are as far as that's concerned. But they opened up against Lexington, scored uh, first time they got the football, had trouble making their two-point conversions the other night. They didn't make a single one out of three touchdowns and scored, but they went up 6 nothing. Lexington, they led 6 to nothing at the half. Lexington came back, scored third opening possession of the second half, went up 8-6. to six. Then Hayden came back down the field <coughs> and scored and made it 12-8. to eight. Then scored again, make it 18-8. Kenton Smith, remember that name. Uh, when he gets to high school, by the time he's a sophomore at least, and don't be surprised if you don't see him in the backfield next year because he's tall, he's lanky, and he can – Pick him up and set him down. Uh, but he had 203 yards rushing the other night. Mustangs had 26 possessions. I think that's what I told Trevor Burleson. 26 possessions are 26 touches of the football. That's the easiest way to say it. Kenton touched the ball 25 times. He had 24 carries, 203. Threw one pass, completed it for seven yards. So he was the Mustang offense. The only other carry came from Zayden Conley. Uh, Zayden carried it one time, didn't gain any yards. And uh, so all the yardage in that football game was solely on Kent. So, you know, that's, that's putting a lot on an eighth grader, but he seemed to be up to the task. So big win for... Middle school Mustangs, I'll have a big game coming up this Thursday night as they'll travel down to Jackson and play Jackson Northeast. Been told that game's at Northside. <coughs> so I wonder where they play that game at, you know, it being uh, Jackson Northeast. Uh, you know, I figured somewhere in uh, that area, but there's, you know, several schools in Jackson. Wasn't sure what football field they using, but I did ask Trevor Burson the other night to Jamboree. He's the middle school football coach, and he said it was at uh, Northside. So, kickoff 6.30. Mustangs kickoff Friday night will be at 7 o'clock. So, a little football coming up this week. I know uh, volleyball played last night, and they beat McEwen in three straight sets. Uh, they play South Fulton tonight, I think. And I'm going to try to make it over there to that. Uh, actually, uh, like I said, battling this little bit of a cold. And just kind of chilled out last night. First time Friday night after the game, uh, Jamboree, wife and I, we took off in the car and drove almost 10 hours to uh, uh, Buford, South Carolina. Pick up her mother who was down there visiting her sister. And turn around, came back Sunday morning. So it was a little tiresome trip. Uh, but so I didn't get a lot of other things done because of that. But, you know, hey, family's more important, right? But uh, did that. And then this Friday night, uh, we're going to stay up Friday night because we have a flight leaving out of Memphis at 7 o'clock Saturday morning. Uh, it's taking us to Denver, Colorado. We're going to go up in the mountains for a couple of days, uh, meet the son and uh, the grandchildren at uh, back in Denver on Monday. 
<coughs> and going to a Rockies Texas Rangers game on Tuesday. So if uh, I'm a day late uh, getting the podcast done or two days late getting the podcast done next week, you'll know why. You'll understand that I've been out of town once again. And, you know, later on, I've got another trip planned in uh, October, actually two in October. Going to Disney World, one of those. And going to uh, uh, Knoxville for a football game the last weekend in October. So, busy, busy fall. But anyway, uh, quickly, as we've got about five minutes left in this podcast, bring you up on date some uh, TWSAA information. The Board of Control met last week, and there is a proposal on the board, uh, or before the board, and uh, they've not made a decision yet. Not sure when they will make that decision, the way I understand it, but it could be forthcoming, uh, not before long there. But the proposal is uh, to go to four classifications in all the sports. Uh, and, of course, part of the proposal, th- their options are to keep it at six, keep the <coughs> football, basketball, baseball, softball, and all that stuff uh, at four classifications and keep football at six. That's part. That's one part. But the proposal is, is what some of them would like to see, is go to four classifications across the board in every sport. <coughs> That's what I was talking about earlier. This game against McKenzie Friday night <coughs> essentially means nothing because it's not a region game, not a district game, not a region game. If you lose it, it doesn't hurt you in the standings. It doesn't cause you miss playoffs. It has nothing to do with playoffs. So, uh, but if they go back to four classifications, my prediction is Hayden and McKenzie will be in the same region just because of ge- ge- geography. But I've been wrong before about that kind of stuff. But uh, you're going to see an entirely different schedule than what you're used to seeing in the past. Uh, or it kind of go back to the way you used to see it back in maybe the late 90s, uh, early 2000 and whatever. You'll be playing more of the kind of teams you're used to seeing all the time. Although this past year, you kind of, you kind of did. We didn't have to uh, cross that river uh, into Middle Tennessee to play any teams last year. So uh, that was uh, that was nice in itself. But if they go back to four classifications uh, in West Carroll, um, I think the cutoff is like at three seventy three for one <coughs> A. They're going to be close to that. Uh, Hayden McKenzie will be over 373. Uh, McKenzie not by much, I don't think. Or they may be under that. They may be at 350-something. So, you know, but uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how all that shakes out if they do it. But, you know, they did say uh, this week they voted, or past past week, at the end of the week, they they passed (coughs) going to – extend the classification cycle two more years. And so this is the end of one cycle, and then it'll be at least uh, 2025 before any decisions are probably made. But that's going to really affect a lot of things. Uh, And and I kind of have mixed emotions about it, talk a lot about it in my column this week, because to be honest with you, uh, I'm going to – 
I'm going to like playing teams of your size, but you're going to be playing, you know, Milan could be, for example, in your region. Although Milan's five, 600 students. Uh, Camden, same way. Camden, quite a few more students. They've lost some. They used to be up around 600 and something. I don't think they have that many now. But, you know, so those schools, right? you know, there's two schools right there that could very easily be on your schedule. Uh, although Milan and Camden already are, and Camden's a region game now. It's, it used to not to be when we were in 1A. But uh, anyway, all that being said, there's still a lot of discussion that's going to go on about that. And if they've pushed the reclassification cycle out two more years, they've got plenty of time to figure it all out. But uh, battling through this cough, so <clears throat> we're just going to end right here. So we don't have about a minute left anyway. And uh, catch me next week as we come back and we'll talk about a McKenzie game, and we'll see how well they did, and you'll get my opinions on how the game went, and I think we'll get a better idea, be a good litmus test as to where we are as a football team, even though it's just one game, and uh, nine more to go after that. So, hey, see you next week.